Well, let's look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33. Now, we've uh, spent a few Sundays talking about that God is the author of peace. You know, God, uh, it says here, let's just read this and then we'll comment. It says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Now, we read the context of this, you know, in, in the previous message. We're not going to go into to that, talking about operation um, of some things in a congregation. But this principle is throughout the Word. And we're going to read a few more verses. But God, that, that God is a God of peace. He's not a God of confusion. He's not a God of turmoil. He's not a God uh, of uprising, up, uproar. God is a God of peace. And so His ways, anything that He's in, is not going to be uh, tumultuous. You know, as far as His will, His perfect will, you know, for people. If you think something is God's will, now that doesn't mean certain things don't happen. You know, eventually uh, the, the world's going to be judged. You know, that there is going to be the wrath of God poured out. That's after the church is, is gone. That's not God's will. God is merciful and gracious and has been long-suffering throughout the ages. That's only after everything is exhausted. That's not God's will. Amen? So that's, not, that's the point, is that we need to know there's a whole lot of, uh, of where people, uh, because they've been religiously taught, religiously brainwashed instead of taught with the word, believe certain things are of God when they're not of God. And one way you can tell if it's of God or not is if it brings peace. If it's peaceful, if it's of peace, anything that's confusion. The Bible says the thief, the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy things that are of that, that nature. That's not God. So when you, but Satan, he, he tries to trick. He's, he's a deceiver. And so this is what he does. So if he can get you to believe that something that's he's causing is actually of God, then he's got you. Because you can have a good heart, want to serve God. And if you think something bad is happening and that's actually God, and you're tricked into thinking, you think it's God, but it's actually Satan, but you think, you know, you want to serve God, so you just accept it. Well, you've just been duped. And one way you can tell is by this, but that, that, that God is a God of peace, not of confusion. When you see things that start to bring confusion, when you start getting confused about something, it should be a red flag. If stuff starts confusing you, if there's ever a teaching you hear and it starts really confusing you and you just, you thought you knew, but you know, you need to look at it carefully. Now, the light of the word will show up when you are confused and it'll start straightening that out. But if you were solid in some word and you're looking, but I understand this and this and sincerely stuff starts bringing confusion and turmoil, you ought to look at it seriously and go, wait, what's going on? Because the devil, one way he works is to try to get you confused because then you're vulnerable. People can get confused and then they're vulnerable. And if he can convince you that that's actually God, well, then you're in a mess. If you're going to God and you're getting more and more confused, well, then it's, that would be horrible. But it's, that's not the case. As you press into God, you're going to get stronger and more stable and more uh, settled in him. Let's read a few more verses. First Thessalonians 5.23 
we read some of these, but just, just to see this over and over. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. May the God of what? Peace. He's the God of peace. You know, you just, just think about that. If he's the God of peace, and then you think, but he's just tearing up stuff in your life, a child of God, love him, but I don't know why, but you know, I just, just always feel at turmoil, but I, I know God's doing something. No, that's, you may be feeling turmoil. That doesn't mean that's God. God is not causing that. He's the God of peace. When God comes on the scene, in other words, if Jesus, you know, Jesus is here in spirit, the spirit of God is here. There are holy angels in this room right now. The presence of almighty God is here. But if you saw Jesus in the flesh walk into this room, it wouldn't be chaotic. It would be peaceful. The presence of the Holy Spirit is, is not chaotic. When it, it, it's, it brings peace to the situation. Think about it like this. God knows everything. He's all-powerful. When He comes on the scene, why would there be turmoil? He's not trying to figure out the answer. He's not confused. He's not trying to get you up in an uproar. You know, you just, just even naturally speaking... In, in a situation where, you know, something may be going on in, at work or, you know, in, in a classroom or something. When somebody that knows what they're doing that's, that is the, perceived as a source of stability walks into the room or into the situation, that situation can calm down. You know what I'm talking about. Something's going on at work. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And somebody comes in. Well, here, we're going to do this and this. And all of a sudden, what does that bring? More turmoil? No, that brings peace. Well, if you can know that in the natural with a human being, how much more God? God is not confused about anything. He's not confused about what needs to happen in your life or my life. He's not trying to figure it out. He knows right now. So he brings peace in the situation. When you're seeking the will of God, if you get more and more in turmoil, check that. Check that. Are you yielding to thoughts that aren't actually based on the Word of God? Because the devil will try to push you away from God and tell you it's God pushing you away. It says, Now may the God of peace Himself. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 16 says, Now may the Lord of peace Himself give you peace always in every way. How about that? that where, where are the gaps in that? May the Lord of peace. The Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. So where's the confusion? Where's the uproar then if it's giving you peace always in every way? Do you know you can be in the middle of turmoil circumstantially, but be at peace. You can be the one bringing peace on the situa- into the situation. Everybody else, else may be, you know, losing their head. 
But if you know God, the Lord of peace, He can help you. We talked about like Jesus come on the scene. Well, you, if you know God and you're born again, you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. You are bringing the Lord of peace into that situation and you can be the conduit whereby there's peace for other people. They just look, they're around you and they're like, you're so peaceful. You're bringing peace. That's what God does. He's not confused. So when you hear stuff that's just, riling you up. And, oh, what are we going to do? God knows what we're going to do. He's not confused. Ever. If, we, if we're feeling like, I don't know what to do, then maybe we just need to get closer to him because just push into what he said and what he's doing because it's going to bring peace. That doesn't mean everything in the natural is going to automatically calm down. You can't control everybody. Don't try to control everybody. You can't control every situation, but you can control you. And you can yield to God. And what does God want you to do in that situation? And then you can influence the situation. But don't start joining in with things that are getting you in an uproar. That's not going to help. You just got one less person that's thinking right. You know, somebody said, you just, you be the calmest person in the room you keep your head you get and, and and when we're talking about as christians you stay connected with god it may look really bad so there may be news that looks really bad don't disconnect from god push into god and say okay god just look inside everything can look really bad you just you know if you were just going by feelings you want to cry you want to get upset but You just check on the inside because the Holy Spirit resides in you. He's not freaked out. He's calm. He knows what to do. Just just push into that. Lord, what would you have me to say or do in this situation? Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's keep your mouth shut. Maybe you don't have the role to say anything at that time. Maybe it's somebody else's. You got a superior or there's a teacher or something and you know what to do, but it's not your job to, to, to take control of the situation. Pray. Lord, show them. Or show my boss what to do. You know, it doesn't always come real good from, from uh, you. If you're the employee and just, you may know what to do, but you have to know how, how to get that across. If they're not asking, if your superior isn't asking for it, not usually a good time to just say, well, I know what to do. What, you may know what to do. Somebody said it this way. It's not what you know. It's not what the other person needs. It's what they'll receive from you. You may know exactly what to do, but if, you know, you could go down the street, you could go in a number of organizations you know, if you could get through security, but, you know, I mean, just walk up to somebody, you may know what to do, and they may look at you and go, and who are you? And why should I listen to you? When somebody comes down the street and approaches you, which, you know, doesn't happen as often anymore, but, and that's why it's more like this. If somebody comes to you and just tries to start telling you what to do with your business, you're like, who are you? And okay, bye. And you're just trying to get out of that, right? You, they don't have an avenue to tell you anything. It's a lot different than when you have a close confidant or your spouse or somebody that's coming up to you saying, you know, and and they're asking for your counsel. Well, that's an open door. Well, if you don't like somebody coming down the street or somebody you barely know telling you, why do we think other people like it when we do that? 
And especially, you know, it's interesting. Don't know why we're here, but we're here. Why, why, we, we always think that, you know, if we're on a job, our, you know, some people have the, the, the mentality that everybody in that organization is stupid but them. And it's amazing. Everybody that's, that's higher rank and everything, they're just all stupid. Maybe a different perspective. And it, it's, God did not send us to straighten everything out with everything. We're supposed to be a, a witness for Him. And so it's not our job to straighten out our, our superiors in rank. We're not saying human, humanly. It's not that they're better than you, but it, there's a rank in different organizations. And if we don't understand that, it's going to be rough sailing. I mean, this has been lost in our, in our society so much. You know, kids, when I say kids, I don't care if they're elementary, junior high, um, High school, and I guess technically when they go to college, they're, they're over 18. They shouldn't be kids, you know, but still. Mentality, just tell everybody what to do and don't have to listen to anybody. That's just wrong. You know, a teacher steps out for a minute and there's chaos. Why? Because people don't respect authority. So it's not our job uh, to straighten every, everybody out and everything out. There is a rank. There's rank in organizations, but if we come in and what is our role, what, what can we get across with what the influence that we do have, with what people are asking us to do, then we can bring peace on the scene. We can bring, be a conduit for the Lord. Amen? Amen? John 14, 27 said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Verse 27, my, Jesus said, this is Jesus saying, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Isn't that a cute sound? You guys are all thinking, I might as well say it. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So we have something to play. God doesn't just dump His peace on you. Yeah, the peace can come on you, but we have... You, do you realize if God's there, His peace is there? <laughs> I'll be honest. Do you always feel peaceful? I didn't say you... I didn't, I didn't say what you were acting on. Do you always feel peaceful? If everybody's honest, you know, your hand should be up. Feeling doesn't have anything to do with it. It's what we yield to. But if God's there, His peace is there. But we have something to do with whether we experience it or not. Did you hear me? So you, if we just say, God, just knock me out with your peace. Well, if you're yielding to Him... He can do, he can help you. But if you're just going to yield to the devil or yield to your flesh and get all riled up and be like, but, but I'm trying to, uh, you know, just make me be peaceful. Well, no. If, if we're the gateway to what we experience, God is always peaceful. If he's there, there's peace. But what we experience of His peace is going to be based on how we react. How we act. So that's going to be, uh, that's going to be somewhat dependent on what we know. Like right now, we're going over the Word. 
Like if you had never heard any of this, you may have come in thinking, you know, God causes turmoil. And it's God just riling you up. That just contradicts like all the scriptures we've read so far and we're hardly getting going. God's, that's not his will. He's the God of peace, but he just tears everything up. No, his will is peace. Now, if people are going to rebel against him, we know this in, in just in, 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 in with humans. You know, if you could be totally peaceful, but if somebody is just going to persist and be a nonsensical, you may have to step it up. That doesn't mean it wasn't your will for everything to be peaceful. We're going to move on from that. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So we have something, we have something to do with how peaceful we are. Colossians 3.15, we've gone over these scriptures, but just getting into to what we really have for this morning. Uh, but this is all what we have to. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were also called. Be thankful. Let the peace of God rule. See, God is peace. So, so you let His peace rule. Let His peace, another uh, translation says, uh, let peace act as an umpire. Let peace act as an umpire. Let's look at 1 John 3, verse 19. It says, By this we know <clears throat> excuse me, that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before Him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. This is, the commandment, is His commandment, that we should believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. Let's go back to verse 20. It says, For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart... And knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. So if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. Well, confidence toward God, that's faith. So how you perceive uh, your relationship with God is going to determine how you're able to walk in what He has provided for us. You say, how, what does this have to do with peace? Well, let's look at Romans 5, verse 1. Look at a couple verses, and I think we'll come back to 1 John, but that's the thought I wanted to get to you. Because, you know, a lot, we, have, we have to understand our relationship with God and what He's done, and a lot of of the, the, the chaos and the turmoil that can try to come into our lives is a result of us not understanding what Jesus truly has done. And then religion has totally messed up, you know, the, the teaching of the relationship. Religion is just, God, is just men's way of trying to relate to God. It's not the gospel. 
So that it's messed everything up, and it, and it makes uh, legalistic things. It makes ways of trying to relate to God that was somebody's ideas or some thought, and it's not based on the Word. Well, that will affect how you're able to walk in God's plan for your life and the things of God. Romans 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, having been, ju- excuse me, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice that. Therefore, having been justified by what? By faith, by believing what Jesus has done, that He paid the price for you to be right with Him, with God the Father. By believing that, accepting it, believing on His sacrifice, then because of that, you have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It says, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So go back to verse 1. Having been justified by faith. Justified means acquitted, means declared righteous. So having been declared righteous, righteous means you're, you're right with God. So having been declared being right with God or acquitted from what you've done wrong, by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's not you trying to earn that peace with God. It's the fact that you believe what Jesus has done that gives you peace with God. Because without Jesus, there's not peace between mankind and God. And so there is turmoil. And God didn't want to. But there's a gap between mankind and God until Jesus came and restored the ability of man to be in peace with God. That means to be able to stand in His presence and be at peace and not feel like you don't belong. We did not belong beforehand. But we don't want to act like now that we believe Jesus, that we, on Jesus, that we don't belong now. Because that will separate you from everything Jesus has done now. But do you know you can actually have peace with God through Jesus, yet live like you don't? Jesus said, my peace I give to you. But he said, let not your heart be troubled. You realize you could have, he said, my peace I give to you. Do you know you could have the peace of God? You can be right with God, but you can feel like in turmoil all the time. Because you're feeling condemned all the time. You're feeling like you shouldn't be with God all the time. And actually, from God's perspective, you have peace. But you're the gateway through which you're going to experience that peace. And if in our mind we think that we need to somehow earn that place, then we're going to experience something other than peace, even though God Himself is not the author of that. As it, as it is in our life. We've actually, we're actually looking at other thoughts that can keep us separated. Satan will work overtime to try to keep you separated from God. Doesn't matter how long you've walked with God. If he can introduce thoughts and ideas that get you 
to feel like you shouldn't be in the presence of God, to feel like to feel always in a, in a state of turmoil. Well, if you buy that, then you will be in turmoil, even though that's not God's will for you. And if your heart then condemns you, if your heart is not at peace and know that you're right with God through Jesus, you won't have any faith. You won't be able to believe God. You won't have any confidence. You'll be thinking you got to always do more or you didn't do something. And so you won't be able to actually partake of what God has provided to us through Jesus and only could be done through Jesus. Only could be, only can be. Only way you're truly going to experience it is when we understand what God has done through Jesus. Look at Colossians 1.19. It says, For God in all His fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through Him God reconciled everything to Himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Verse 20, Through Him, through Jesus, God reconciled everything to Himself. He made peace with everything in heaven. You can just stay on this slide. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. So he made peace, how? Through Christ's blood. Christ's blood was shed on the cross so that you and I could believe on Jesus. See, this, this was made so that we could be, the sacrifice was made so that we could, the ransom was paid so that we could come back into fellowship with God. But we have something to do with that. We have something to do with that initially when we choose to believe this and act on the truth and believe God that through Jesus we can be right with Him, but then we continually must act on that truth to experience being right with Him. Otherwise, even though relationally we're right with God and have peace with God, we'll be separated from Him experientially. Amen. And this is something that happens continually. This is one thing. If Satan can't stop you from getting into the kingdom of God and becoming a child of God, then he will do what he can to try to introduce ideas and thoughts to you to separate you from God and to keep you from experiencing what is rightfully yours in God, through Christ Jesus, even though you have it. And so there's, there's all types of religious ideas, Christian, quote-unquote, ideas that will try to push you away from God, but at the end, they're not pointing you toward being at peace with God. I mean, isn't, doesn't the world seek after, just as a gen- general term, just being at peace? Isn't that it? just living Peaceful. Isn't that something that people uh, are striving for? 
If I could just have peace and quiet, if I can just have peace in their mind, it doesn't matter what's going on in the natural. It doesn't matter what kind of job they have, how much money they have, even if they're healthy. If you're tormented in your mind night and day, that is not prosperity. It's not living high. It's just, people, it just, if, if people are seeking, just can I, can I be at peace? Peace with what? Peace, number one, it all stems from peace with God. But peace with their family, peace with their employer, peace with themselves, peace with uh, their peers, peace with their extended family, you know, peace with the greater society. You know, some people can get to where they are always at odds with everybody. Even if it looks like they're cordial with everybody. Because internally, there's this unsettled, there's no peace, and it's because they don't, if they're Christian, they don't actually feel like they're at peace with God, and that will derail everything in your life. It's really, it's impossible to really be at peace with your fellow, you know, men, women, people, if you feel driven from God. If you feel like you're not worthy, doesn't matter if you've heard the word, again, it's what we do with that. Our, do, we could have heard that, that uh, we have peace with God through Jesus. We could have heard that, that through Him we can partake of all these good things. But if we don't actually accept it and act like it's true, we can be stolen from every day. And in the background we could think, but I know, but I know. But experientially, we're in turmoil like every day. We walk in turmoil. If we're honest, we feel uh, just unsettled. We, 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 are, we can get bitter with other people. We can feel unsettled with our spouse or with our family or with employer, with the government. All the, it, it, there's always just something. Instead of, yes, there are things in the world that aren't right. Nobody's saying everything is perfect. There's a difference. Am I okay? Because if I'm not settled, then that means there's something wrong with how I'm looking at stuff. Did I lose somebody there? We could be going through a lot of stuff, but am I at peace? Because we, no, if, if I'm hooked up with God, if I'm connected with Him, if I'm truly connected with what He's doing, then I'm going to be at peace even if there is turmoil in different areas. I'm not talking about just closing our eyes and go, oh no, everything is great. Every, no, we know there's things. You, if you, you could be frustrated. It's not that we're not that we're condoning everything that we see everywhere around us. Where, where, wherever you know, the situation is, there's a difference between you um, disagreeing with something and you being out of peace about it. Those are two different things. You can disagree with something and be completely at peace about it because you know who you are, you know where you're at, you know God, you know regardless you're taken care of, but you need to deal with the situation. That's one thing. It's another thing to be like, just so frustrated with all everything that's going on. Well, where does that one thing, where does that stem from? It, sometimes it stems, I mean, in every case, if, if, if we're not settled with Him, with God, then we're going to be out of peace in these other areas. And then we're not going to be able to walk in what God has 
has uh, provided for us, if we don't understand that the true way we're at peace with God is not by what you do, we're talking about the foundation, that you couldn't make peace with God through yourself. It was only through Jesus, and that's how you have peace. Well, now that's the foundation where we can actually take next steps to live. Does what we do matter? Yes. But it's not in isolation. It's not only what you do, because if it was only what you do, then you could make your way to God without Jesus. But you can't do that. You need to know that the way you get right with God is through Jesus. And then how you live your life is based on that foundation will inform decisions you make, what you do, and how you react when things don't go right. Like if you miss it, you do something that you know was wrong. What do you do? Do you let that, you know, you didn't measure up in something that you know, you know, to a degree that you should just you know, performance-wise, something that you did, or you flat out, you violated your conscience, you did something, you know you shouldn't have said that, you know you shouldn't have done that. What do you do at that point? Depending on how, what our understanding is with our relationship with God, that can drive us away from God. You can feel like you're doing pretty well, and then that drives you away, and you felt like you were in a pretty good place, but now, now you don't feel like, now you don't have any confidence. Well, that will show up where we are in our, in our beliefs with our foundation with Him. And that's when we look at uh, what it's talking about in 1 John, when you feel condemned, when you feel like that you're, you're, uh, when your heart's condemning you, then you don't have confidence toward God. Look at 1 John 3 verse 20 again. So true peace is going to come with being grounded in the fact that I can only really be at peace uh, with God through Jesus. And when I know that, now I, can, I have the, the propensity to be able to walk out in peace. But there are some things that will try to trip you up in that. And this is touching on uh, uh, one of the primary things. Verse 20 says, For if our heart condemns us, if our heart condemns us, stop right there. Let's look at John 3.16. We'll come back to that. John 3.16. If you can skip down to the next verse. John 3.16 and 17. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. We can read other verses, but God is not the one that's, that's condemning you. The Bible says he'll convict you, he'll prompt you if there's something wrong, but he's not beating you up about anything. That's not him. He didn't come into the world to condemn you. So, Sometimes we have gotten the idea through religion that God is just, I mean, his job description, part of it is just to, to hound you. I'm talking about misunderstanding. That God, part of it is he nags you and he beats you up if you miss it. And of course, you know, and this condemning, we feel like that's God. That's not God. Did you hear me? 
that will totally get you out of peace. If you realize, if you think that's God, and you mess up, that doesn't make you want to run to God, that makes you want to run away from Him. But that's not what the Word teaches, and that's exactly what 1 John is talking about. Look at 1 John 3, verse 20. back up to the ones we just covered. First John 3.20, it says, For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. If our heart condemns you, your own conscience will, con- will, will prick you. But the more we know what the Word says you'll understand what to do. But God's not condemning you. It says, for our heart condem- if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. If you don't have, you, you know, there's no con- condemnation, then you have confidence. And this is how we want to be able to act, is be confident in what Jesus has done and act in confidence. And if you're there, you're going to be at peace, you're going to be strong, you're going to be able to partake of what God has done through Jesus. But if you're feeling condemned, you're not, you're going to be out of peace, you're going to be in turmoil, and you're probably going to carry that over to other people. Verse 21, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. Verse 22, what, And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. So if we are, if we do have confidence, then whatever we ask from Him, we receive because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. In verse 23, He said, This is His commandment that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. So He sums it up right here. We could go into this. We're not going to take time. We've, we've taught on these things before. But it, it's saying that our commandment is to love one another. The New Testament commandment is all summed up in loving one another, is to walk in love. That means to walk in... in um, in line with your spirit, which is in line with God, you, if you love people, you're not going to steal from them. If you love somebody, you're not going to kill them. If you love somebody, you're not going to lie to them. You don't need a list of all these commandments if you believe, if you act in love. The love, the Bible says, is the fulfillment of the law. Love is the royal law. And so here he's saying, look, you just you walk according to what God has done, what He said in His Word concerning love. You won't do all these other things. You don't need a religious list of everything. You just say, if I walk in love with this person, then what would I do? And that'll just answer so many questions. You're not going to say, you know, well, I really love you, so I'm just going to steal $1,000 from you. This is for your own good doesn't make any sense. Well, check. I don't, you know, then I know. I don't, I don't need to do that. So many of the things that, well, can I do this? Can I not do this? Now, just throw that all away and just do what the Bible said. You walk in love. Now, the love is a superset of everything that you see 
the commandments. So it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything like the Ten Commandments are void. Love is a superset of that. Love will go a lot further. See, religion will try to see where is the line. Where is the line that I can get away with? Is this technically stealing? Is this technically lying? Is this a white lie? Is this a medium black lie? You know, what is this? Where it just says, do not lie. Well, eh. love will say, is it doing them any wrong? Okay, what, if I loved them, would I do it? Well, that, that will answer that question. It'll just do, it'll do away with all the, the gray. And you'll understand. And Jesus said, do unto others what you would have them do unto you. Would I like it be treated like that? No. Okay, you just answered your own question. It's not so. That's our gauge. We walk like that. We understand. Then if we're walking, we're not going to be condemned. And we're going to be able to walk just in the peace that God has already uh, made for us to walk in. That we know we have peace with Him, not because of what we're doing, but because of what He did is our foundation. And now we just walk in line with what He said. See, it's very, it, it's impossible to walk in love with people than when you're not in peace with God because you're like, why should I treat you nice? I don't feel like I'm good with God. Like God, if, you, if we're buying into ideas that I'm not at peace or somehow He's hounding me, it's like, why should I be nice to you? So see, it comes back. If we understand, though, that, wait a minute, God, He has made me right through what Jesus did. I have peace. I'm justified by faith and I have peace with God. Now I'm at peace with Him and I'm walking in that peace. Now when it comes to loving you, well, if I, the more I understand that, the more I can just let that flow. It doesn't become a, oh, I have to, I just have to do it. You just let what is already on the inside, that peace, that love that's already there, flow and now that the fact that i'm at peace with god allows me to be at peace in this realm with other people with myself and i can walk in strength walk in what he's done now if i miss it if i like i said we did we you do something that you know you're not you're not where you want to be. You didn't sin, but you just, you know, the day didn't go. You didn't execute the way you wanted to. Now, if we're thinking wrong, we can actually make it so that it's as if we did sin and everything becomes a sin and I'm just wrong all the time because we feel like we have to be perfect, which that's never going to happen. And so now we feel beat up. We're, we're removed from God. We're not at peace with God because we got a misconception that somehow we're supposed to do everything perfect all the time. And so that can drive you from God. When, if you come back to where it's like, no, I have peace with God through Jesus, then I realize, hey, didn't do it perfect today, but we'll get her tomorrow. I'm, talking, I'm not talking about something that you violated conscience. I'm saying just execution. Hey, I could have been more efficient. Well, welcome to the club. Could have done that, but okay, so you, you're going to do better tomorrow. Why? You're on a solid foundation of the why you're right with God is because of Jesus. So you're at peace with him, so you can be at peace with yourself there. Now, what if you do something wrong? You know. You know, God's already dealt with you. It, it, it's already, you see it in the word. You got to be very careful. You don't know what everybody sees and don't, doesn't see. You, know, you can't judge people's hearts. Yes, we have the written word. You're not going to, you know, whitewash things. But 
stuff that you think, you know, so you can condemn somebody in your mind thinking, well, they shouldn't have said that when they don't even see why they shouldn't have said it or whatever. And to them, their heart was right. So you'd be very careful about, ju- you can't, the Bible says don't judge people. But let's say, you know, you know what the word says, you know, you shouldn't say something. You said something mean anyway, say something, let's do something. Everybody can relate to now, before we get started, is there anybody that you can stand up and say, I've never said anything mean that I shouldn't have to somebody. I've, I've been perfect in my mouth. I've never said something I regret. Go ahead, stand up. We'll get that out of the way. And you can come up and sit and we'll use you as an example as we preach this. So everybody has missed it in something you said. You said something you shouldn't have said. You knew it was wrong. You hurt somebody's feelings. You said something. And... So let's say you know beforehand, shouldn't say it, shouldn't do it, but you went ahead and said it anyway. Okay, you violated your conscience, you knew that was wrong. What do you do? If you have a wrong understanding, if you're not at peace with God, that, that can drive you away from God for a week. You said something, you know, you're not supposed to say, you know that, and... and it, you know, you could be like, I'm not going to apologize to the other person. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to. And I messed it, so I'm horrible. And then you just go and a week later, you finally come back around. That could happen. Well, it's based on what we, how we perceive. But if we understand what the Word of God teaches, that number one, your foundation isn't on what you do. Now, it has, what you do does affect what you experience. The Bible says, we don't have to put this up, but Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death. It says, But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we know we have a gift, but if we yield to the wrong thing, there's consequences that maybe we don't want. In other words, you could destroy a relationship by saying the wrong thing. God, God can love you. It can be right. You can make it right. But you can mess it up. Is there restoration? Yeah, if the other person will restore with you. So we don't want to just, it's not, it's not flipping that we just go around, oh, it doesn't matter what we do. No, it does matter. But let's say you do, you say the wrong thing. What do you do? What does that do to your, your confidence? Your heart is condemning. Your heart, you, you feel bad about that. What do you do? You go to God and take care of it, and then you move on. Look at 1 John 1, verse 5. We're talking about being able to walk in peace and being confident and being strong in that in real life. Like if it's just theoretical, if it's just doctrine that, well, you can walk in peace, but you know, you know, as soon as you walk out of here, if something goes wrong, you're out of peace and we're going to be out of peace till the next time we hear a good sermon on peace. If that's what it is, then let's forget all that because it doesn't actually work. Did you hear me? If it's just we believe that we can walk in peace, but we don't really believe it because we know we're not perfect and so something's going to get messed up and it's just not going to happen, so forget it, then we're believing wrong. And it's not useful. It's not actually practical. 1 John 1, 5 says, This is the message which we have heard from Him and declare to you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. 
So he said, if we say we have fellowship with him and we just perpetually, we say, oh yeah, I'm good with God, but we're off perpetually doing something we know is wrong, then it says we lie and we're not practicing the truth. In other words, if you're just saying, oh, I'm good, but I'm constantly doing something wrong and I'm not really repentant of that, then, then I'm just lying to myself. It says, but if we walk in the light as, we, as he is in the light, you walk in what you know, what you see. Then we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Christ, of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. So if we walk in what we know and what we see, then the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If, you are, if things are not going right and we're walking in darkness, but we say we have no sin, then we're deceiving ourselves. So it's saying if stuff, if we're not doing the right thing, but we're saying, oh, it's, it's okay, then we're deceiving ourselves. So he's saying, look, you got to be honest with where we're at first. Don't call something that's not right, right, which is what the world does. Don't do that. But he said, then verse nine, let's read verse eight and then go into verse nine. It says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So he said, look, if you're going to act like you're not walking, if you're messing up and you're just going to act like it's not true, you're deceiving yourself, you're just setting yourself up to walk uh, in failure. That's not going to work. And that's not what we're talking about. If we're looking for a way that we can just hold on to do everything that we know we shouldn't do and somehow that's okay, that's not okay and that's not what we're talking about. But if we miss it, our heart is to do right. We know God and our heart is to do right. We miss it. We say the wrong thing. We knew we shouldn't have said it. We let it come out of our mouth anyway. It's like slow motion. You know, you know you're not supposed to say it, but all of a sudden you find yourself saying it and you can see yourself saying it and it goes out and then you've said it. And now you can't take it back. And what are you going to do? Oh, I didn't say it. Never mind. That wasn't wrong. That's what he's talking about. Like, okay, so you're just going to, that'll divide you from people. Act like it didn't happen because I'm trying to keep my perfect record. They know you said it. You know you meant to hurt them. Well, I didn't mean to hurt them. You're just, you're just whitewashing. That's what it's talking about. You, you're deceiving yourself because you're just going to get further and further away from that person. You're going to act like it wasn't important before God. And you're just going to, it's going to divide you because you're trying to act like, no, no, there's nothing. I didn't say it. It doesn't matter. I'm still fine. But see, now your heart's going to condemn you. Yeah. So you got a problem. If you, now, if you choose to just say, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to, I'm going to act like nothing happened. Could it be in any area? If you do that, you, your heart's going to condemn you. God's not pushing you away. You're pushing yourself away because you know you did something wrong. You're trying to act like you didn't. And if we think that way, if we think we can't just come to God with it, it's going to drive us away. It's going to drive us away from people. It's going to drive us away. You're going to be out of peace. You're going to be in turmoil. But verse 9, he said, if we confess our sins, confess means to acknowledge, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, if we acknowledge that was wrong, it could be with somebody. Boy, that can be hard to do. Let's just take the example. You said something wrong. And you didn't, you know you shouldn't have said it. Just to say, real quick, 
That was wrong. Shouldn't have said it. Forgive me. Ooh, that can be hard. It's easier, you know, to walk away because that, that's our pride involved. We have to admit that was wrong. I shouldn't have said it. But if we do admit that was wrong, shouldn't have said it, now you've set into motion reconciliation. If we confess our sins, if we acknowledge that we did it wrong, and with God, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. Now, you were never, if, if you were born again, that doesn't mean you weren't born again and then suddenly born again. It means that you know, it's, we read in 1 John, your heart is condemning you. You know you missed it. But instead of running away, you say, that was wrong. Lord, forgive me. I acknowledge that was wrong. You run to him. You've just taken that tool away from the enemy to divide you, to make your confidence uh, you know, to not, to make you not confident, you've come to God and said, yeah, I, I missed it. You may have something to do with that person. They may have been, yeah, fine. You said you, 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 you're, you're asking forgiveness and you, you're admitting you said it, but you still said it and you still have to reconcile. That's why it's better just not to say it. If people are, you know, people teach, well, it just doesn't matter. It's Ask the person that, that, that was the, the recept, recipient of that if it matters. Yeah. It matters. You can hurt somebody. You can speak something out of your mouth. And this is not condemnation, but this is just fact. Just undo. If anybody thinks it doesn't matter what we say, you've probably had stuff said to you that rings into your, in your mind to this day, and it could have taken that person two seconds to say. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Now, if we say it, we, we, we yield to the wrong thing and we say something or any number of things. We're just using this as an example to say, oh, it doesn't matter. Jesus loves me. Jesus does love you. And we just got used to, to hurt somebody else that could reverberate in their mind for the rest of their life. So just going, saying it doesn't matter, that's not true. But acting like I'm just going to run away from God and I can't ever be reconciled, that's not true. And it, it's the same with any other, anything else. So if I come to, if I say, well, I said the wrong thing. If I say, look, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have let that out of my mouth. Please forgive me. Now, they might not just jump up and down and say, oh, great. You're for, okay, you're forgiven. It might take them some time. It might, it, that might have jolted them. The longer you wait, could jolt them. You come back three days later. It's, now that it's been already turning in their head that whole time. You come back, you might have some natural stuff to deal with, is my point. Don't, don't act religious and act like, well, but I said, I did what the Bible said. I came back, I, I asked for forgiveness. You should be good. Let's just, no, let's act, let's act like I never said it. No, that's why we want to do our best not to, the wages of sin is death. You're just, you're introducing death, but there's a way. There's a way out. So I might have some natural junk to deal with, but God, if both people work together, we're talking about this situation, we can get back through it. But if I let that drive me away from God, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. You let days go to weeks, weeks go to months, months go to years. It's just, it's driving you away. You won't be able to, you're gonna, your heart's going to condemn you. 
If you don't, if you don't acknowledge it, you're going to feel condemned. You're going to be away from God. It's going to drive you away. So what would bring us back? What would, what would inform us to run back? To know that our relationship with God is not based on us anyway. The foundation is Jesus. So when I miss it, I realized I missed it. That's why Jesus came. I'm quick to say, I, I said the wrong thing. Will you forgive me? And to do what it takes to work through that and to make it right and to go through it. But then not to condemn myself now for three years about saying that or, or two days or three weeks. Just to say, Lord, from your perspective, I, you do what it says here. It says, if you, if, verse 9, if, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I confess my sins. So we deal with the person. But then from a God perspective, I say, Lord, I missed it. I shouldn't have said it. I know it was wrong. Lord, forgive me. And he said he's faithful to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Now we, if we understand that the foundation was not us, it's the, it, we have peace through Jesus, then we'll come back and say, Lord, I, I ask for your forgiveness. He forgives us. We know we're cleansed. We know we have peace now. Not after we've done penance for six months. Not after we've beat ourselves up to where we feel okay. But we, we believe the word. We trust what he said. And if he said we're forgiven, we're forgiven. And we go back to living in the peace of God and in the rest of God now. And we ask for his wisdom, if it involves somebody else, to deal with the other person. God, I know you want peace. I know I'm, I'm okay with you now. I don't let that condemnation stick. I have confidence to you, toward him. If I pray now, I know I am able to get an answer. Just as is any time, my conscience doesn't bother me because it's clear. But I work with whatever I need to do with the other person. I say, Lord, show me how to work. I hurt this person. Show me. Or if I did something else, show me. Uh, but I'm okay. You don't keep going over and over and over in your mind about how you missed it and how you missed it and how you missed it. Because that'll just keep you away from God. There's no peace there. there there's, that's unsettled. And if you buy the lie that that's God driving you, you'll go further and further away from Him. You'll go further and further away from people. You'll separate yourself. You'll be just unsettled. That's not God. That's religion. That's what Satan tries to do is drive us away. So if we understand that it's always God's will, it's always God's will for peace in a situation. It's God's will for us to be at peace with him. We understand that that foundation of our relationship with him and with other people is what Jesus did. Then we can deal with the reality of life when things don't go right, when you do mess up in some area. It, it's something that no, it might not have to do with anybody. You do something that it didn't directly affect somebody, but affected you. You knew it was wrong that you can go right to God and just make it right. Acknowledge it and get right back to where you can live in the peace of God. Because if you can't live in it practically, it's of no use. And if it's only one week out of a month, because that's, that's when you did well, then it's of no use. We have to be able to come back, make it right with God, live in His peace, be a conduit for Him on the earth, and just partake of what he's, he's already provided for us to partake of. Amen.